You're listening to the Lifeway Kids Podcast. Before we get started with today's episode, we want to let you know about our exciting new event that's coming this October. We're taking everything that you know and love about KMC, our kids' ministry conference, and we're expanding it to become Etch Family Ministry Conference. Etch stands for Equipping the Church and Home. We're planning a wide range of breakout sessions for you and your team members, featuring age-specific training for preschool, kids, preteen, and students, as well as combined sessions that are designed to help you get your whole team on the same page. It's going to be a great event, and we'd love for you and your whole team to be there. We're also lining up some incredible Nashville music to help you experience the sounds of our hometown right here in Nashville. Act fast as rates will increase on August 31st. Visit etchconference.com to get more details. That's E-T-C-H conference.com. Now, here's today's episode. Hi, welcome to the Lifeway Kids Podcast. I'm Chuck Peters. I am here live at KMC, the Kids Ministry Conference, put on by Lifeway Kids right here in Nashville in the Music City Center. So as you hear noise and sounds in the background, there's a lot of activity around us as kids pastors and kids ministry leaders and influencers have gathered here and descended on the Music City Center uh, to dispense knowledge and to uh, find encouragement and instruction. We have the great opportunity to sit down with many uh, thought leaders in kids ministry. And today I'm with Dr. Shelley Melia from uh, Dallas Baptist University. Uh, Shelley served over 20 years as a children's minister in Oklahoma and Florida, Texas. Uh, She's a licensed professional counselor. Uh, She specializes in trauma and loss, but she, uh, upon completing her PhD, she joined the full-time faculty at uh, DBU, Dallas Baptist University, where she serves as the director of the Masters of Arts in Children's Ministry program. And so she uh, has a lot to say about developing things like the philosophy behind your kids' ministry, and that's what we're here to talk about today. So, uh, Shelly, as you work with up-and-coming or, or new kids pastors mm-hmm. uh, to help set them off into these new roles, or even some of us who have been in roles mm-hmm. for quite a while but maybe lacking some of these things. What are your thoughts? How important is it that we have uh, a distinct philosophy behind our ministries? Well, I think it's absolutely essential for you to have a philosophy of children's ministry. Um, it's going to help you uh, know what to say yes to and what to say no to. It's going to drive how you do what you do. Uh, I think if you don't know clearly who you are and what God has called you to do, then you're going to find yourself in those situations where everybody else is going to be setting the agenda for your ministry. And so one of the things that we try to do for our students is to help them understand what is their role and to begin to develop their philosophy of ministry. Every person has a little bit of a different and unique philosophy of ministry. I think God uses who we are in different ways, and so we want our students to really discover what is it that God's called them to do and how can they develop and articulate clearly what their philosophy of children's ministry is. Mm, And that is something that uh, I believe that many kids' pastors may not be aware of or not enough aware of Mm -hmm. that defining the goal, identifying the purpose, and Mm -hmm. and then putting together a viable strategy to execute that philosophy is their responsibility. Absolutely. You know, I think that sometimes we get into children's ministry because we love kids. I mean, you don't want to be in it unless you love kids. Um, But when you first start out in children's ministry, you're kind of in this reactive mode where you're just reacting to whatever's happening around you. 
And so developing a philosophy of ministry is really trying to get at that 30,000 foot level and look down and see, okay, here's the things that are important. Here's the things that I think my time and attention need. And here's the goals that I have for the kids in my ministry. And really being able to look at a big picture. Uh, The sooner that we can teach children's ministers to do that, the better chance they are going to have at reaching their actual goals and not just becoming a babysitting service or a... um, a reactive ministry that doesn't really have a clear direction and clear purpose. And so I think it's vitally important for the long-term success of children's ministers um, for us to be able to really know why we're doing what we're doing and to have a plan. And at some level, that that is a factor for everything that we do, right? Absolutely. We, we need to have an overall philosophy of ministry mm-hmm. and then really have a purpose and a plan and a goal for every activity Absolutely. that takes place within our ministry. So so where do you begin at that high level uh, if I don't have a philosophy of ministry in front of me mm-hmm. and I know I need one? Mm-hmm. How, where do you begin? Well, I, like, I really like what you all have done at Lifeway where you've come up with these three essentials. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've kind of, I kind of unpack it the same way and say that there's really three crucial roles that I think you've really got to look at. First of all, you've got to be a transformation specialist, and that's where it comes in with you all um, and your essential that we want to be about heart transformation, not behavior modification. And so, first of all, I want children's ministers to understand that they need to become a specialist in transformation. Now, the Holy Spirit does that. We don't do that. But those type of questions that we need to answer are, what do we believe about children and their spiritual capabilities? Are they capable spiritually? I think the answer is yes, but we need to know that. We need to know um, what kind of curriculum we're going to use that's going to support becoming a transformational specialist. There's all kinds of curriculums out there, and a lot of them are about flash and about fun and about... um, big groups and that's okay as long as it's reaching your goals but you have to know that the curriculum that you're using supports this idea this concept of being a transformation Mm. specialist Um, i like the lifeway biblical levels of learning for that very reason because it very clearly outlines these are the, the foundational concepts that we want each child to learn birth through sixth grade and so knowing what kind of curriculum you're going to use Um, Determining if you're going to be a marketing uh, mindset or an investment mindset. I think we've come off of um, a time in our church life where um, pastors and people saw children's ministry as what would get people in the door. If we can just make the kids happy, then their parents will come. And that's worked in some ways. But an investment mindset really says we're going to invest deeply in these kids because it's the right thing to do and it's for the future good and it's for for long-term discipleship. Um, And so I think that you have to think about those things. Um, You have to decide where do you believe that transformation occurs best. Is that going to be in big events? Is that going to be in large groups? Or is that going to be in small groups? I think, again, we've come off a time period in children's ministry where we relied pretty heavily on those big events and large groups. And I think those are great. I think those are exciting. Those are fun. I loved planning those. But where I believe life transformation happens in small groups. And small groups requires a lot more people. Yes. Um, and so you've got to answer all those questions in order to determine how can I, how can I fulfill that role as a transformation specialist. Yes. Um, and then once you kind of know that, I think the other thing that you have to understand is that you're a culture warrior and that you have to understand what is going on in the context around you. Um, the generation of parents that we're dealing with right now are the millennial parents. And I'm sure that you've read on those types of things, and so you understand kind of that mindset. And so as a children's minister, I've got to understand that culture. 
I've got to understand how they think, um, what they believe about God, what they believe about their kids, and how they want them to grow up. Um, and so as I design my children's ministry, um, I've got to keep that in mind. And it's certainly essential to know who you're talking to, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Uh, not everyone within your ministry uh, is the same. Right. And so we need to be very aware of who we're speaking to as we, uh, as we minister to the various families that we've been uh, entrusted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, and then the kingdom aspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The final aspect that, uh, that I would say is that you've got to really be a kingdom strategist. And that means, that means several things. Um, first of all, um, our kids are not coming to church as often. Um, and so um, we're seeing a decline in church attendance overall. We're seeing a decline in baptisms. If you look at the annual church profile, um, about a 32% decrease in baptisms of children ages 11 and under. Um, and that should be a concern, I think, to all of us. And so we've got to strategize. If I'm only going to get these kids once or twice a month, on Sunday morning because we know most churches aren't doing Sunday Sunday nights and, and Wednesday nights some churches are having success with but if I'm only going to have them one or two or three hours a month then I better make sure that what I'm doing really matters and that I'm investing deeply and so we're going to have to collaborate as church staffs we're going to have to decide that preschool children youth adults we've all got to work together and maximize that time that we get with them Um, because uh, discipleship is continuing to be decentralized away from the church. Um, When kids aren't attending church like they used to, that means that falls on the parents, which is biblical anyways, but it's not been typically how we've operated. And so parents have kind of taken a little bit of a hands-off approach and assumed that the church would do it, and they were there, and they let the church do it. Mm -hmm. But now as we see these young families, they're not committed to coming to church, and so that means that that responsibility is falling back onto the parents. So part of our role as a kingdom strategist is not only to say we're going to make sure when they're there that we're, that we're teaching them uh, and investing them, but also we're going to give parents tools for when they're not there, and we're going to help them understand their role and how important it is so that we can turn the tide on our cultural issues right now, which are very um, frightening, mm. frankly, for families. And so if you can look at those three big areas, um, how do you become a transformation specialist? How do you help be a cultural warrior? And then how do you strategize to really get the most out of the time that you have with kids? And I think that's going to really frame your philosophy of ministry, and it's going to be a solid philosophy of ministry, I believe. So as you develop this philosophy of ministry, um, do you uh, recommend that we write this out? Mm -hmm. Uh, Is this something that we share Mm -hmm. with our team, Mm -hmm. with our uh, uh, senior church staff, parents? Uh, Tell me about that. What what type of, how might you document Mm -hmm. a philosophy of ministry once you've thought through these things? I definitely think documenting is good. First of all, it forces you to put into words what you think and what you feel. And it's difficult. It's hard to really to dial that down into three or four sentences. But if you can clearly articulate to parents, to pastors, to whoever's above you, that you have a plan, that you understand children, and that you have a goal in mind, that's going to give you credibility. It's also going to keep you on track and keep you from veering off to whatever direction or whatever trend, whatever fad might be in for children's ministry. Um, so you could write it down. Sometimes it's fleshed out through a mission statement of the children's ministry or a vision statement of the children's ministry. At DBU, we have our students write a one-page um, uh, 
document that basically tells that. Um, but bringing it down to three or four sentences is pretty tough. But you could frame it on those three things, you know, how you want to see transformation happen in the lives of children and you want to prepare them to be cultural shapers, not shaped by the culture, and that you have a strategy and a plan to reach those goals. You could, you could do it like that. And so we certainly encourage that. But the main thing is you just can't do things blindly without any thought or any whim. And that tends to be we get into survival mode as children's ministers. Yes. And we just want to survive that Sunday, and then we want to survive the next Sunday. And so encouraging people to really take a big-picture, long-term look, mm-hmm. I think, is where you're going to see the most effective change. And ministry. then too many times we wind up on our heels, yes. and we're functioning in a reactive, or yes. from a reactive posture instead I've been of being there proactive. Many times, yes. And things just get out of hand, and then you start to feel overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. But it really begins with knowing the why behind everything you do. Exactly, exactly. So you mentioned long-term mm-hmm. uh, uh, strategy. So as we talk about philosophy ministry, Let's talk a bit about goals. Mm -hmm. So goals are those things that will will help us get the mile markers uh, that will pass along the road Mm -hmm. as we move from where we are to where we're heading. Right. So we've identified a destination, and now we're working on a way to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of goal setting, what are your recommendations? What kind of long-term goals might we look at, and what type of mid-term or short-term goals? Sure. I think you've got to break down goals um, in order for them to be in order for them to be met, and so. We could talk about goals for each child, and that would be something that you would develop with your team, with your preschool minister, your children's minister, your youth minister, uh, your adult minister. Um, I love LifeWay Biblical Levels of Learning for that reason, because it, it shows you a goal that we want. These are the concepts we want kids to, to know understand and to understand age level. at each yeah. age level. And so you do that with the curriculum and with what you want to happen. I think the obvious long-term goal is discipleship. Yeah. is that we want kids to, to leave our churches when they go off to college knowing Christ and being able to articulate their faith. Okay? Organizationally, how you set those goals is um, to, to provide a framework and to have those, those ideas of what you want, what the structure is that you want, and then to, bite them, to break them down into bite-sized pieces for you to accomplish it. Let's say that you determine, you know what, we're all about large groups and we want to become more about small groups. So you set the goal and say, okay, by December of this year, I want our groups to be this size. And then by May of this year, I want to bring them even further down. And so giving people in your ministry um, vision of where you're going and specific goals, I think, helps them to get on board with you and then to celebrate those things. And so uh, you could do um, philosophically with curriculum and then organizationally with your structure would be how I would recommend setting goals. So when it comes to setting these goals, you mentioned uh, age levels. Mm-hmm. So we, we really could have one goal for our overall ministry. Now, mm-hmm. our philosophy of ministry should permeate everything that Absolutely. we do. Right? And you said that helps right. us uh, know that we're on course. Mm-hmm. Right? That helps us determine what we will or will not do. Right. Uh, do we need separate or more individual goals at each age level or for each classroom or each activity? I think that's certainly a possibility, um, and that's where hopefully as the children's minister, you're going to then have leaders underneath you. And so as the children's minister, I'm going to have these overarching goals, but then I'm going to work with the people under me to have the smaller goals. And then hopefully they're even going to have people under them that are going to have even um, more defined goals. And so um, having that vision, casting that vision, and then giving them resources and helping them become successful. That's one of my big things, is that my job as a children's minister was to help my volunteers be successful um, in whatever it was that they were doing. 
time, in addition to discipling children, but that's part of our goal is to help our volunteers be successful. And that's really what it's all about, helping uh, expand our ministry by multiplying ourselves exactly. through others to minister in rooms and classrooms to, to children that we just can't get to yeah. ourselves. We can't do it all, that's for can't sure. Can't do it all. That's good advice. <laughs> and on that, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Amelia, for being here with us. Uh, and listener, thank you for listening. Again, I'm Chuck Peters with Lifeway Kids. And this has been the LifeWay Kids Podcast. As always, we're praying that God will use you in bigger ways than you can imagine to reach more kids and families than you ever thought possible with the hope of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the LifeWay Kids Podcast. Don't forget to visit etchconference.com to learn more about our exciting new family ministry conference that's happening here in Nashville, October 3rd through 5th. The rates will go up on August 31st, so be sure to register as quickly as possible to lock in the lowest rate. Once again, information is available at etchconference.com, E-T-C-H conference.com. We look forward to seeing you here in Nashville for Etch.